This is The Conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm Catherine Cruz. This morning, we are joined by Dr. Kathy Kozak. She's the host of The Body Show, which airs on this station at 6.30 p.m. on Mondays. Dr. Kozak is an internist at Straub Clinic and Hospital. She specializes in preventative health, travel medicine, women's health, and wellness. Nice to have you back here in the studio. Great to be back. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because it's hard, really hard to believe that it's been a, almost a year and a half since we've been dealing with this pandemic. Time flies, I'll tell you. But everybody's done a really good job. In general, I want people to feel like, you know, we've made it this far. Had anybody said a year and a half ago, this is where we would be now, nobody would have believed it. Yeah, I mean, it, we've just gone through so many gyrations, uh, mandatory uh, mask wearing. I mean, that was we, we had you in talking about that, all the hand washing. Uh, we were talking about testing, you know, and now we're into vaccines, uh, you know, we should uh, back up a bit because we just, um, you know, heard from the uh, Centers for Disease Control about a little over a week ago. Uh, they made an announcement about uh, relaxing some of the restrictions that we've got in place. Uh, let's go to Dr. Rochelle Walensky, CDC director. Considering all of these factors, the data on vaccine effectiveness, the science on their ability to protect against circulating variants, and our growing understanding of the low risk of transmission to others, combined with universal access to vaccines for those 12 and older, today, CDC is updating our guidance for fully vaccinated people. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. If you are fully vaccinated, you can start doing the things that you had stopped doing because of the pandemic. We have all longed for this moment when we can get back to some sense of normalcy. I know when I first heard that, it was like, holy moly, <laughs> you know, what did you think? You know, a lot of folks felt like it came out of nowhere. But the one word I wanted to point out that she said was updating. And that's because throughout this entire time, we've we've allowed science to derive some of the decision making that is going on. And in fact, the reason why she made that comment is because studies came out. In fact, just a week before she made that announcement on May 6th in the journal, the American Medical Association, they reported that over six thousand seven hundred Healthcare workers in Israel had Pfizer's vaccination, and it demonstrated 97% effectiveness against any symptomatic cases, 86% effectiveness against asymptomatic infection. A week before, the Morbidity and Mortality Weekly report from the CDC had reported that we are just not seeing significant transmission from people who are fully vaccinated to anyone else in the community. So then this was a U.S.-based study that looked at healthcare workers the Moderna and the Pfizer shots have been tested against the variants, and they're found to be extremely effective. The J&J shot as well, because it came out a little bit later, it's still doing some of the studies for effectiveness against variants. But what Dr. Walensky was doing is responding to the science, and it's changed. In the very beginning of the pandemic, everybody said, you know, we're going to have to mask, and everyone should wear these N95 masks and cloth masks. And, and a lot of people started to follow that. But as time has gone on, we've seen that with the availability of vaccination and with what we now understand about coronavirus, the situation has changed, and it may change again. The idea about updating means we're looking at the data and we're letting science help to drive these decisions. So when she said people can go around without wearing a mask, 
it's not taking away somebody's personal decision if they choose to wear it. It's just allowing those people who are fully vaccinated to make a decision based on what the data and science says. And I think we're going to see a lot of different locations start to follow along with that plan as well. Yeah, well, there was some confusion because, you know, nobody knew what to do if it was okay because we have the mandatory um, mask order uh, here in Hawaii. And, uh, you know, just after the announcement, uh, Governor David Ige uh, held a news conference uh, to say this. Certainly, I would encourage all parents uh, to look at vaccinating uh, their children. You know, we are always looking at uh, the CDC guidance and making adjustments um, as we um, proceed through the process, uh, our ability to enforce um, mandates and requirements are just an important part of how we uh, decide to make adjustments. And clearly at this point in time, with the majority of our community not fully vaccinated, and we're not able to determine uh, whether someone is vaccinated or not, uh, we will continue to maintain the mass mandate here uh, in the state of Hawaii. And that was a week ago. And, and uh, I think at that time, there was about 40% of our residents that were fully vaccinated. But you have some updated numbers. We do. As of yesterday, actually Wednesday, about six o'clock in the morning, they released a report that said we now have in Hawaii, we are the seventh state with the percentage of adults fully vaccinated. We have 45.25 percent of the population. And again, in the last two days, that may have increased. We also have a significant number of folks, about 64 percent of the population have received at least one dose of the vaccination. Now, that takes into an account that for those vaccines that require two doses, we have a very significant portion of our adults that have been vaccinated. We're now making initiatives to vaccinate those above the age of 12 because we now know the safety data is there. And, you know, I, I know a lot of, uh, I'm vaccinated and a lot of my colleagues uh, we know went, went out and got it as we waited our turn. Uh, but you're in a healthcare setting and healthcare workers, you know, were first in line because, you know, they're there on the front lines. Um, any changes on the hospital front, you know, just in keeping with some of these uh, recommendations? Well, I know that a report just came out from Hawaii Pacific Health. That's the parent organization of Straub, Polymomi, Wilcox, and Kapiolani. And we've seen vaccination among employees upwards in the 80%. So I do know that when we look at what's happening in the hospital, HPH just made a decision, and this comes from a report that came out yesterday, that if you're coming to the hospital for an elective non-surgical procedure, you don't need to do pre-COVID testing. So that's something you don't have to do. If it's a surgery, you may still need to do that. But if you have proof of vaccination and you've received your vaccine doses, whether it be one for the J&J &J or two for the other vaccines that are available, then you don't have to have periodic testing in the hospital unless you develop symptoms that would suggest that that needs to be done. But two weeks after you've received the vaccine, you are considered to have hit protection, and that allows a bit more safety and mobility for people coming in to see their doctor. You don't have to have a temperature check any further. If you want to go into the hospital, they now allow visitors, at least one, in some cases, special exemptions, more than that, so that there are some ways that we've been able to relax those requirements. Some medical centers on the mainland have made it mandatory that their employees get vaccinated. And I think healthcare workers in general, everybody has really clamored to get the vaccine for the most part because they've seen people with COVID. They have been on the front lines watching people suffer from this, and they know that a vaccine can be protective. 
And it almost felt like it was the responsibility of healthcare workers to step up and say, we believe in it so much, we'll be the ones to go first. And we'll tell you if there's problems or side effects or reactions, but we're going to step up. We're going to be the ones to do it. You know, and there is a lot of confusion and back and forth about whether, you know, you can mandate vaccines. Uh, the uh, uh, military, the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, you know, just issued a, an a update um, po- mask policy just this past Monday this week. And they were saying that, yeah, if you're vaccinated, uh, if you're on a, a federal facility, a DOD f- a facility, you, know, you don't have to wear a mask. You're not required to. So, you know, a lot of folks are, are maybe they, they see these masks as, you know, your, your security blanket, and they're just not ready to, to drop it, even though, you know, folks are saying it's okay. And you know what? That's the idea is it's their personal decision. I've had a lot of patients who tell me, I haven't gotten sick this year, or I feel more comfortable wearing a mask. And I say, okay, that's your prerogative. Nobody's saying that you can't. There are there are ways that we are saying it might be safe if you don't. And we are seeing communities across, even if you compare different different rates in different states. You know, if we look at states that are fully masked, states that are not masked, if we look at the graph and curve of their experience with coronavirus, it's very similar. So for those people who don't yet feel comfortable, okay, you can wear your mask. For those people who are fully vaccinated, for whom when the state decides to follow the CDC recommendations, which I realize is not yet, but when they do, it is based on science and it is safe for people to feel comfortable to do that. I think the big controversy comes because we're not yet allowing what the CDC has stated that they would allow. And that's causing a bit of discomfort for people when they go into public settings. And I realize that until those two recommendations get into alignment, we're going to see some of that friction. And it's definitely out there. Well, if you're just joining the conversation, we're talking about masks and vaccines. You can join uh, the discussion by calling us at 941-3689 or 1-877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. You know, I was out swimming this morning, and uh, I had the sun in my eye, but I thought, oh, is that woman wearing a mask in the water? You know, she was jogging in the water and uh, as I was doing my laps. And as I passed her, I realized she's got a shield on. You know, and I, I just remember it wasn't that long ago that we were, some of us were wearing double masks because of the variants, and we were concerned about, you know, so we, we were getting the glasses, the, the double mask, and the shield. And I think, you know, for people who that makes them feel comfortable, okay, we do know that very less than 10% of the transmission occurred in outdoor settings, particularly when people were able to stay socially distanced. So we know that if you're outside, there is some inactivation, inactivation of the virus with UVA, UVB rays, but also just being outside in the air blowing and we have such wonderful trade winds. So it's not as serious to wear a mask in an outdoor setting, particularly if you're out in the ocean and there's nobody around you for 20 or 30 feet but if somebody feels more comfortable and that's what makes them feel good okay no problem you do that i think the idea of letting people make their own choice is good yeah um at one point you know we were told oh you should wear it while you're out there even if you're you're at the beach and so i had my little you know gator my neck thing and i I, there were so many times when i just forgot that i had it on i went swimming and i still had it around my neck and of course then i'm i'm putting a wet salty uh, mask on my face, but it's it's just a uh, yeah. It, it's what your what your uh, comfort level is at, and where we're at in this whole phase as we now move to get uh, the majority of people of our people vaccinated. 
Um, you are listening to the conversation here on Hawaii Public Radio. You can join our discussion about masks and vaccines. We will be right back after this short break. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from ProService Hawaii, offering advice to employers on managing business challenges due to the coronavirus. More at proservice.com slash COVID help or by calling 808-207-7634. You tune to HPR for local reporting that's relevant, reliable, and fact-checked. All qualities that help set the station apart and earn recognition from industry leaders. Congratulations to HBR's news team for winning three regional Edward R. Murrow Awards in the categories of news series, investigative reporting, and excellence in sound. To learn more and to listen to the winning stories, head to our website, hawaiipublicradio.org. Support for The Conversation comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor, Bavarian Motor Experts. We're back with the conversation here on Hawaii Public Radio. We're talking about masks and vaccines. And we were out and about in Makiki uh, last night, and uh, we uh, managed to talk to a number of people to get their opinions about, uh, you know, whether they're comfortable uh, wearing the masks or not. I think we should continue wearing our masks. Um, the rates of people having the virus is still not down as far as how low I would want it to be for me to feel safe and I think we should continue until we have heard at least herd immunity so I would want to be safe for others and I hope other people will you know be considerate and do that for other people too I actually like wearing a mask I feel like I'm much safer when it comes to any kind of virus or disease that's out there. Uh, I haven't gotten sick all year long, and I think it should be my choice whether I want to wear it or not. I believe since we have not achieved herd immunity, that keeping the mask on will help to keep everybody healthy for longer, or at least hopefully prevent um, you know, future shutdown that might be possible. So I would rather be safe and keep the mask. And that was Janet, Matthew, and Adelina. And, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Dr. Kozak, you know, what are people comfortable with? If you, you know, it's your right to wear the mask if you want to. Well, and I think Matthew was right. He didn't get sick from anything else. In fact, this past year, we never really saw an influenza epidemic. We didn't see the yearly flu cases that we usually expect. And part of that's because the flu is a respiratory virus. And 
Everyone's been wearing a mask or been staying home when they're sick. And so we really haven't seen the transmission or numbers of flu cases or pneumonia cases or bronchitis cases that are what we normally see that are not related to COVID. We just didn't see it this year. And people are happy about that. Yeah, I think we talked to an educator who said they were really emphasizing to the children, you know, good hygiene is very important. You know, make sure you brush your teeth because if you have to do the 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 saliva test, you know, you want the 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 best specimen. But he was like, oh, I think we're going to have fewer cavities this year. Could be. <laughs> that would be great. We have a caller on the line who wants to chime in with our conversation. Hello. Yes. Hi. Uh, uh, this is Catherine. Uh, you have a question or a comment? Yes, this is Dr. Mondelitti. I'm a psychologist, and I have a comment and a question. Did I hear you correctly that 80% of healthcare workers have been vaccinated? That would be about 80% for the four hospitals of Hawaii Pacific Health. Now, there's different vaccination rates for different facilities, but in general, all the healthcare facilities have tried to encourage those employees who are particularly frontline workers to get the vaccine and protect themselves or to make sure that they take usual protective measures, wearing a mask, socially distancing, and making sure that they're keeping themselves healthy and well as they take care of patients. Well, with 80% getting it, if that's a typical of across the board or just Hawaii Pacific Health, I don't know, that means 20% aren't getting it. And so that leaves, that's disturbing. And that leaves patients wondering, well, this person that's about to treat me, are they in the 80% or are they in the 20%? Well, that's I fully think vaccinated. We could require it. There's no legal reason that I know of where they couldn't require it. I think that's inexcusable that they don't. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because just yesterday, the University of Pennsylvania hospital systems in my home state of Pennsylvania had decided that all of their medical centers are going to require it. And in fact, Barnabas, which is in New Jersey, one of the bigger healthcare providers, has also required it. So there are some medical centers across the mainland that are going to require it for their employees, although they will accept certain exemptions if there's a medical justification, somebody's on cancer treatment or somebody has some of the reason why they can't necessarily participate in that vaccination rate. Now, the rates are fully vaccinated, so there are some folks who might have received one of the two-shot series, and therefore they may not be able to be in that percentage. But, you know, part of the issue that I think we're going to have throughout the United States is going to be looking at whether or not we should allow people to make a decision on vaccination until it becomes FDA fully authorized. We are still under an EUA right now. That's the emergency use authorization. So I do know that even certain school systems are looking at making it mandatory to come on campus, which may be what healthcare facilities do when we move beyond the EUA status. And that's hopefully gonna happen sometime this summer. And that may make more healthcare facilities feel a little more comfortable requiring vaccination for their staff. Yeah, we should mention that uh, University of Hawaii was one of, I think it's like 350 schools across the mainland that made that announcement that, that when when this decision does come down, uh, you know, on the vaccines, that uh, they will ask that all, the, or they will mandate that all the students returning for the fall uh, be vaccinated. Uh, I know some of the private uh, universities here, I think HPU and Chaminade are saying we highly recommend it for our students, but at this point, uh, they are not mandating it. 
Well, and I think it might have to do with that EUA designation. So, you know, a lot of people have said it seemed like we came up with this vaccine on such a short order. That's true. However, mRNA technology for vaccination had been studied for 10 to 15 years already. So it was just something that was about going to go prime time. It just kind of went a little bit faster than we might usually have experienced in the past. But we are looking at that EUA, Emergency Use Authorization Designation, changing to full FDA approval. When that happens, we might see more mandatory vaccination. But I think it has to do with the fact that a lot of folks have some concerns about it being under emergency use authorization, meaning not fully approved, and they feel like they don't feel the comfort level they would with other vaccines. So we kind of do have to respect that while they have that feeling. And if they want to continue to wear a mask, again, nobody said you can't. You know, and there are a lot of employers that are struggling with this uh, vaccination issue and the mask issue. Uh, you know, the public safety department here, you know, the, with the issues with the prisoners and the guards, uh, you know, not having a mandatory policy because of concerns by some of the unions. I mean, that's uh, problematic. Uh, even the military, uh, a lot of the military personnel are just saying, eh, I'm going to wait, you know. And so when we do get a, a decision on the vaccines and, and some are saying hopefully this summer that you will probably see the military mandated for their personnel. Well, and I think it's, if we look back to about a year ago, it's a different situation. A year ago, we were trying to flatten the curve. We were trying to make sure that we didn't overwhelm the healthcare facilities. Now we're looking at the fact that people are giving the option to get vaccinated. And if they choose not to, then they need to consider what their own personal level of protection that they want to have. And it's gotten to the point where people really can't say, I didn't know there was a vaccine. I think there's enough information that the media has put out and the public has put out that if you're going to make a decision, you're going to need to be responsible for that decision yourself and know that those people around you may have made a different decision. And for those who are fully vaccinated, who at this point, based on the data, have significant protection against a developing infection and the inability to transmit it to other people, they can feel comfortable with the choices that they make, and they may be the ones that are helping to protect those who choose not to be vaccinated, because if they're not going to transmit the virus, then, you know, there will be, that's why we had that herd immunity discussion. How many people need to take care of this vaccination and do it to make sure that we protect those who choose not to? There is always going to be that idea of personal choice, and for those who choose to do the vaccine, you're kind of helping out those who choose not to, based on reducing the chances of transmission. And, you know, we are learning uh, something new every day. Uh, you had mentioned that HPH is dropping the temperature checks, but the, the masks are still required. Right. I think for medical centers, particularly because we're dealing with people who may be sick, we will probably wear masks maybe longer than the general public just to protect the staff, but also to protect patients. The temperature checks to enter the clinics are no longer mandated, but to go into the hospital, there are some restrictions and you do have to sign in and there are some temperature checks and things that are required. Medical centers are probably still going to stick with masks for a while. You know, when we were out in Makiki, uh, we did come across some folks who uh, didn't like the idea of masks. Here's Jeremiah. I think masking is not a good idea. <laughs> I mean, I understand we have a pandemic, but uh, as far as, uh, you know, the children that play sports and whatnot, it just, it's something that they, they shouldn't even be wearing while they're playing, you know what I mean? They already have a hard time breathing while they're running, you know, trying to catch their breath. And then we have this mask that covers up their face and their breathing. And 
you know, I just, it's sad, you know, it's sad, it's sad. It's sad that we have to uh, wear a mask wherever we go. You know, I don't know if the public's going to go get back to normal, but we pray that God will, uh, will make a way for that, you know. I actually feel safe right now. I mean, I, to be honest, I hate wearing masks, honestly. So when I have a chance to just not wear my mask, I, I don't wear it, like right now. It's interesting, too, because when we were talking to folks, you know, reflecting on the year, I remember uh, we talked to the head of Local 5, uh, Eric Gill, and he said, you know, there was a time when the hotel workers uh, wanted to wear masks uh, on the job, and the management uh, didn't want them to because they were afraid it was going to scare the, the customers. Same with uh, uh, flight attendants. I think they had asked early on, we would like to wear masks. And uh, management said, no, you're going to scare the passengers. So it's just amazing. I mean, things have changed so much over the last year, year and a half. Um, you know, we, we uh, did see uh, a story that was blowing up on social media where there was an incident uh, at a Kailua Foodland. And... Uh, the grocery clerk asked the customer to, to kindly please wear a mask, and he responded by spitting at her and spitting, uh, you know, on the counter. And the the people that were around were pretty mortified. I did uh, talk with Foodland. Foodland said that, yes, it did happen. They did call police. Uh, the man left the store before, uh, you know, he could be arrested. But uh, I think he's been blacklisted from the store. So it, it's really hard when you've got people on the front lines who are dealing with folks that don't want to comply with the store rules. Well, and I think, honestly, that sort of behavior is just, it's kind of reprehensible. When you think about everyone's under a lot of stress, and the people who really have been out there the whole entire time, grocery store clerks, food stores never closed because that was considered an emergency occupation. And we saw these people go out every day sell us all the food that we needed. They tried their best to try and provide a safe environment. So I realize that people are under a lot of stress and there's been a lot of difficulties for folks, but I really think that everyone needs to keep their behavior in check. You may personally not agree with something that you're asked to do, but if it's something that is a store policy, you know, you have to wear a shirt and shoes to enter certain stores. So if you have to wear a mask, Please do whatever the store requirements are. And again, once we get the CDC recommendations and the state recommendations in alignment, I think we will see that things are a little bit easier. It's hard when a state says, or when a, when a store says nationally, you don't have to wear a mask, but you have to follow state rules. And the state rules say to wear one. So once we can get all of those, it, it, the, same, the same recommendations for, for everybody, I think that would make, a, make everything a lot easier. But it's, it's hard. We did hear from uh, a, a worker uh, in one of those establishments about uh, masking. Here's what she had to say. I feel that it's very necessary to continue to mask, um, even though there is um, the vaccines that are out. I feel that there are people that haven't been vaccinated deserve to feel more safe with people masking. I appreciate it when guests comes in with the mask. Um, they're free to take it off while they're dining, but when they do go to the bathroom or walk around common areas, they put their mask back on, and I think it's a good thing. That was Amy, and it sounds like she works at a restaurant, a restaurant setting. And and you know, we we did hear uh, you know the distancing uh, issues uh, in in restaurants, how they've had to reduce their number of customers that they could accommodate because of, of that physical space. Uh, and they have asked, like she said, 
customers to when you go to the restroom uh, please put it back on but if you're sitting there uh, dining enjoying your food you know you can keep it off well, and it just makes sense. I think we have to follow some of the science with that, that if you're sitting amongst a group of people and you're eating, we do know that there are some potentials if one of those members of that group is infected and you're sitting there with them for an hour at a table within two or three feet, you at your table may actually be exposing other people or getting exposed. But as far as the servers coming that are coming, they're protecting themselves, they're delivering food and they're gone within a minute, it's less likely that they're going to become infected. So it's really about who you're with and making sure that you're with a group of people where you feel comfortable, they feel comfortable. Don't go out when you're sick. If you know you have a fever, it's not time to go out to dinner. And honestly, I think we are getting to the point where enough people are getting vaccinated. We're going to see more freedoms and flexibility in what goes on in our community. And I think it's about time. We need to we need to get people back to exercising. For those folks who don't want to go to the gym because they can't exercise with a mask, that's affecting their health. You know, there are some other reasons why we need to consider making sure that we're following the science and the guidance in all areas. You know, I managed to go out uh, for dinner with a friend after being vaccinated. We, bo- we both were vaccinated and I had a delightful time. I so enjoyed it, although I was a little scared walking into the restaurant. But, you know, it was, we were all spaced and it was good. I had another friend who I talked to and she said, oh, she and her husband have been going out for months and, and then a friend that I just uh, connected with in Oregon said, oh, well, we're still not going out to eat dinner. You know, so everybody's comfort level is, is different. And just respecting that, you know, when you think if somebody doesn't feel comfortable, shaming them, making them feel bad, probably not appropriate. But also, you know, the spitting incident, that's yeah. just uncalled for and unnecessary. Yeah. And uh, I happened to be in a store uh, in Waikiki at the International Marketplace and uh, was talking to a clerk and she said, pretty much, you know, everybody's been been chill except for, you know, I think she had one bad incident where they actually had to call uh, store security to help escort the the gentleman out because he refused to wear a mask and and was being very, um, you know, belligerent. and, And the poor clerk is just doing her job. It's hard because now the requirement to prove vaccination status is going to be on stores and clerks and other people to say, have you been vaccinated? And that's it, it gets back to making sure that people, if you have an opportunity to protect yourself, please do so. I mean, I'm a pro-vaccine proponent for getting the vaccine because I've seen how well it has helped communities. And I do believe there's enough science behind the vaccination to say that this is what's going to help us with this pandemic. And it's going to help us to get to the point where we don't have to question walking into a restaurant again. But until we get to that point where we have enough people vaccinated and we have enough people following the rules, we're still going to have these struggles. The only good news is that I look back to even six months ago and I say, boy, the vaccine had just come out in December. People started getting vaccinated December, January. And the one thing that I honestly felt when I was vaccinated was a sense of relief that I was going to be less likely to get it and that I wasn't going to transmit it to anyone else. And that sense of relief is is a really good side effect of vaccination, I'll tell you. Well, you know, I just was looking at the State Department of Health website uh, last night, and uh, there was a uh, poster, you know, where they were saying, uh, you know, we do it for you, please do it for us, you know, wear a mask. And I was thinking we were so scared for our kupuna 
because they were the most at risk as this virus was circulating in our community. And now it's our cakey right now that aren't vaccinated. So, you know, we still need to do something to protect our cakey and our kapuna. And if it means wearing a mask for the next couple of weeks, I mean, I don't know, it didn't seem like too hard uh, of a thing to do. Well, and I know that, you know, Dr. Fauci came out and said that he thinks that vaccination rates or the vaccine will be available to those ages 2 to 12, you know, those under 12, hopefully by the end of the year. They're doing those studies now, and they're looking at trying to establish safety of the vaccination so that younger kids can get it. In fact, there's just a discussion board I was in yesterday, and we were talking about whether or not we should start offering it in doctor's offices. Now that the vast majority of people have started to be vaccinated and there are smaller cases of people for whom it might be logistics or getting to a different location or whatever the case may be, should we start making it available in offices? And I think that's going to be the next step. We've seen it in mass vaccination centers. We've seen it in pharmacies. Some grocery stores even have vaccination available. We're now going to see it make its way to offices. We're going to see more availability for those people who are eligible and haven't received it yet. If you're just joining us, we are talking about masking and vaccinating uh, in, in our community. You can join the conversation by calling 1-877-941-3689. Stay with us. We'll be right back after a short break. Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from Aloha Air Cargo, announcing a new Seattle location, offering five direct flights weekly from Honolulu to Seattle Tacoma Airport. AlohaAirCargo.com. A fragile ceasefire emerged in Israel and Palestine on Thursday, but will it hold? I'm Josh Barrow for that plus Biden's hands-off stance toward the conflict, a science funding bill that's a congressional throwback, the fight over the Capitol riot commission, and creative ways to get more people vaccinated. Join Liz Brunig, Megan McArdle, Rupali LeMay, and me for Left, Right, and Center. Beginning this evening at 7, following All Songs Considered. with the conversation here on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm joined in studio by Dr. Kathy Kozak. We're talking about masks and vaccines. And as things start to relax, as restrictions start to, you know, fall away, uh, there are lots of uh, venues that are opening up, maybe venues that would have been considered super spreader events, uh, places like in churches. Uh, we did reach out to Central Union Church and talk to Brandon Duran, the acting senior minister. When I first came aware of the CDC announcement on a Thursday, that we were scrambling. You know, Sunday was coming, and we wanted to make sure that we had a message to share with our community about how we'd respond. And so that day, we sent out a message pretty soon right after we heard that announcement, just sharing that we, we wanted to maintain a careful stance, and we needed a little bit more time to think through it. And so we were going to continue our requirements for wearing a mask while on campus and remaining socially distant, and that we understood these guidelines, and we do want to respect and follow the science, but we wanted to understand a bit more about how we could do it safely. For us, it's a matter of faith. It's a way of caring for the community. It's a way of doing our part to help ensure that our home is, is a place of, of health and safety. And so encouraging mask use, encouraging social distancing, 
that has been a part of our protocols or procedures uh, from day one. You know, one of the things that has been a common image for us as we've talked about reopening or closing throughout this time of the pandemic is talking about a dimmer switch rather than a light switch. I think that same image holds true as we slowly reopen is that that light is slowly turning back on again. And so I don't know if there's going to be a moment where suddenly from one Sunday to the next, all restrictions are gone. Each week as we move through, we've been taking little steps along the way. This Sunday will be the first Sunday where we'll have someone, a single soloist, singing in the service. We've avoided singing because of the spread of droplets, and we're still not going to be doing any sort of congregational singing for a little while. But we will have a, a vaccinated soloist from a distance offering a gift of song. I appreciate that analogy with the dimmer switch. It actually seems to be what we've what we've been doing here in the <laughs> islands. You know, if you're vaccinated, you can do stuff, and then let's expand vaccination age groups. And we have been turning the light on from the dimmer switch. Yeah, and you know the the issue with churches. I know there have been places across the mainland where there's been a lot of tension about uh, you know gathering, uh, and uh, you know we saw the issues I think on Maui with the church there over, I think it was Easter Sunday, and uh, there was something recently in the uh, Star Advertiser, a church in Kaimuki, where there was some concern about a possible outbreak there and whether they tried to hide it from the health department. And so the health department, I think, is uh, taking a closer look at what's happening in that community to see if, in fact, there was a cluster. Well, and it's a learning experience because I think part of what everyone has looked at is, you know, even some of the guests that we've heard from today is that they've said, you know, I don't feel comfortable yet or this is what I've seen. I want to wait until I get more information. And that's what's happening is we're starting to hear from people about that information. We're starting to hear what's worked and what hasn't. You know, and if everybody congregated in a certain area at once and there were people who were sick, that might not have worked. But if a group of people who were all vaccinated got together and nobody had a consequence, okay, so that works. So we're all learning in this together. And I just I just want people to have a little bit of compassion for one another, appreciation for all the hard work they've done themselves, and also just acknowledge that we're all learning together. We don't have a final answer yet. This is a process of evolution that we're trying to establish what's safest, what works best for the, for everybody, and how can we respect one another's choices and wishes along the way? All right. We do have a caller on the line. Gita, what's on your mind? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I'm, I had two questions. The first one had to do with the military. I'm wondering whether the percentages that you mentioned earlier in the show regarding people who are vaccinated in Hawaii included the people who were vaccinated through the mass vaccination events over at Tripler and at Wheeler. That's a great question. I don't believe that it did. It looked at the overall vaccination for the state, but it did not include the military. So there may be some variances in how much of the vaccination has been done through military bases. The source for that information, there's a great website out there, Becker's Healthcare. So it looks at a variety of different statistics and it lists where Hawaii is in relationship to all the other states with vaccination percentages. And so it really just looks at the residents. It does not take into account military bases. So there may be even a greater rate of vaccination based on what's happening in other locations. Yeah, and the military has been a little reluctant to share some of that information generally with the public. I think they let the health department know when they've got positive COVID cases, but uh, they pretty much keep it close to the chest. And Gita, you had a second question? 
Yes, just I, the reason I asked the first question is I am a military spouse and I have been vaccinated and I didn't know whether those numbers were included. Um, my husband also has been vaccinated and that was earlier in the year. The second question was referring to, I believe, another component of, vac of mask hesitancy as far as removing it is that I believe if other people are like me, perhaps they're concerned that because of the CDC's uh, most recent um, uh, mention that they can not, that people who are masked fully, sorry, that are vaccinated fully can remove their masks. There are going to be those actors out there who choose to say they are vaccinated when they are not actually. And those people might come in contact and then transmit virus to the rest of us who are vaccinated, but still might have that four or 5% chance of getting sick. And then there's still those of us who are not yet vaccinated. Well, you're right on that. And in fact, I think there was a big bust, I think, somewhere in California where they found someone selling bogus vaccination cards. Oh. I mean, there's always going to be, like you said, bad actors. And I do know that if somebody said they're vaccinated and they're not and they got sick and had that transmission to other people, that's what's putting folks at risk, particularly children who are not yet vaccinated. But you are you are correct. When we look at the overall vaccination rate, you know, it's 95 percent efficacy after two weeks on average for the Pfizer and Moderna shot. J&J uh, &J used a slightly different monitoring for moderate to severe cases, and it does actually restrict significant amounts of those. We know that there are going to be some people who may still get sick, regardless of whether or not they've been vaccinated. What we've seen so far is that their their level of illness is not as great as it would otherwise be. We have seen much lower numbers of people hospitalized who have been fully vaccinated. So the vaccine does offer protection, although I agree it's not 100 percent. We are looking at 94, 95 percent. And you're right. There's always going to be bad actors like people who spit at other clerks. And that's unfortunate and inappropriate. And I can't I, I don't know how to legislate for the rest of society because, you know, it's there's there's always one of somebody who decides to break the rules. And that's really unfortunate because they do put other people at risk. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, we often hear better safe than sorry. And, uh, you know, you you <laughs> you don't want to see anyone get sick uh, or die from covid and you want to make sure that if someone is vulnerable at risk that they are protected. Uh, so, yeah, it, it you know, we're seeing. Uh, things uh, lo loosen up a little with travel. We've got the inter-island travel now for those who are uh, residents who are vaccinated. Uh, we imagine in the weeks to come, there'll be some other announcement about, you know, trans-Pacific travelers as well. Uh, and, and we'll just see how it goes. I know there was a heartbreaking story about, uh, I think, a parent, uh, a couple from California, a family that came over here for vacation. The parents were fully vaccinated. The child was not. The child I believe got sick and and died of COVID and and was one of our, you know, more recent, my cases of a minor dying of COVID, which is heartbreaking. It's it's always heartbreaking, particularly when we know that there are some protocols in place to try and protect folks, and there's also hopefully going to be the vaccination available for the young kids. We do know that they don't tend to get as severe of a case of. COVID when they get exposed, but there are a few who have serious complications from it. And those are things that it's, you know, it's unfortunate there are innocent people who are going to suffer if they get exposed and they don't have the immune system to fight it. Not even just the cakey, but also some immunocompromised folks. So unfortunately, life is not always fair. And, you know, uh, you're in the healthcare setting, and, and I don't know, because the the recommendation and the science changes from day to day, uh, you know, they're probably having meetings daily to update their policies, right? 
Absolutely. I know that HPH puts out a daily bulletin, and I know other medical centers have done the same for their staff and employees just to keep everyone up to date and aware of what the latest recommendations are, how many people are vaccinated, what the hospital policies are. And this is happening locally, but I know it's happening on a national level as well. So everyone's trying their best to follow the science, and the science is evolving, and the studies are getting reported out, and we're hearing about different approaches and different ways in which the vaccination is helpful. We don't yet know if we're going to need a booster vaccine. That's something that's still in the works because it may be necessary. But we haven't even had a year's worth of data on the vaccination yet. So it's hard to know if people lose their immunity over time. So far, we know at least six months, possibly longer, probably longer based on the science. But we just have to wait and see. You know, and and as our uh, children go back to school, you know, the Department of Education announced their plans for the fall. Uh, you know, many of the private schools have already been meeting and, you know, they're masking and they've got shields and and they're distancing. But, uh, yeah, I guess we just need to be mindful that, you know, things are changing and and some some folks might think it's politics and, and that's what's dictating it. But I guess you go back to the science. What does the science tell us? Exactly. And that's why when the when that information came out from the CDC, Everybody sort of thought it was a 360-degree turnaround, but honestly, really, it was responding to studies that were reported three to four weeks, even the week before that announcement was made. All right, and I uh, just want to uh, uh, let our listeners know, uh, you know, Dr. Kathy Kozak is here in the studio with, with us. We are talking about masking and getting vaccinated. If you have a question, uh, call us at 941-3689. And, you know, the issue uh, of the uh, military uh, you know, making this announcement uh, this week about the uh, the vaccines and, and their uh, policies about you know what they're what they are requiring and what they're not. Uh, I, I know that some schools that have a large number of um, uh, military families, you know, in their district. Uh, I know there was some apprehension at first because you know they they want to know you know with people coming and going, uh, you know, w- we should be told about you know, who might have come up uh, with a positive test. And and so, you know, yeah, hopefully there'll be more information sharing um, with the military community and the, and the civilian community. Well, and everyone working together to make sure that we can protect everybody here in the state and not just not just in Hawaii, but also nationwide. I think the one thing that I have to say is people have really there have been some great shining moments. Some wonderful folks have stepped up and have really helped their community. The teachers have found ways to pivot overnight to online learning. A lot of physicians and providers and doctors have found ways to just turn their whole practice around to use telemedicine. Everybody's tried their best and just operating from a mindset of people trying to do the right thing is always a lot better than feeling as though this is some kind of personal attack or personally attacking somebody else because they have different beliefs. The level of respect that I hope we continue to see, which has shown so brightly in so many areas, is something I hope we can all take from this pandemic and move forward. And um, I don't know, as far as uh, what you're seeing, let's say just with your um, your patients, uh, are they, I guess, I don't know, more mentally... Uh, I don't know, but what's the word? Uh, I guess they're feeling better just about where we're at in this uh, time of the pandemic. 
They are. A lot of folks have really, they've been wearing their mask. They've gotten vaccinated. They have found ways to communicate with their friends and family. They're trying new ways to live their lives. Particularly, I see great things and people who I never thought they're like in their 80s and 90s and they're they're still learning and they're saying, you know what, I have learned how to use Zoom and call my grandkids. And I'm like, wow, you're better than I am. So, you know, we've this has been a challenge for everyone and people have really done a great job trying their best. And again, just respecting everyone's need to make themselves feel comfortable and recognizing that if they choose to continue to wear a mask, that's their prerogative. If they choose to get vaccinated and feel comfortable without wearing a mask, that is also their prerogative. As long as what you're doing is safe for other people and not putting anyone at risk, there is a level of comfort that science is saying we can have now. Okay. Uh, we, we um, uh, I believe, have a question from a caller. He wants to know how safe is it to be in a room if he's vaccinated, but the majority of the folks in the room are not masking or not socially distanced. Well, if the majority in the room are vaccinated, the person who's vaccinated is fairly safe. If the majority in the room are not vaccinated and they're not socially distancing, the person who's vaccinated is actually in the safest position. It's the other people who are not vaccinated if they're not wearing a mask, if they're not physically distancing, they're the ones that are putting themselves at risk, potentially. Again, part of the trouble is not every room you walk into with a group of people is going to have somebody who's sick with COVID. The rates in Hawaii are very low compared to elsewhere in the mainland. We have been in the lower bottom five for pretty much the whole pandemic. So we are not seeing statistically that it's likely that you're going to walk in a room and one out of 10 people is COVID positive. That's not the statistic we're looking at. In if you've been vaccinated, you're the one who's safe. And uh, there, there's another question that he has. Is it safe to trust the um the vaccine without uh, enough long-term data? I do. And I think the FDA is going to release the emergency authorization and say that it is now approved. What we've done is a real-time study in the last however many months it's been out. And that study has shown that it's safe, it's effective, and it's protective. And that's what we look at for vaccination. I don't see that there are long-term side effects that we've encountered thus far. If there are some in the future, we will be able to deal with those because right now the technology, again, was studied for about 10 to 15 years before it went live with COVID. They were looking at using this vaccine methodology for other shots. And in fact, it may be safer than some of the shots from when we were younger. I got an oral polio shot many years ago, <laughs> yes. and now it's an injectable shot because they've made the vaccine better. We are going to see science continue to work on making the vaccine better and therefore fewer side effects, fewer problems, but full FDA authorization. I anticipate it soon. Okay. Any other final thoughts just about masking and travel? <laughs> Be comfortable, be safe, take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and take care of everyone else around you. And just hold back on some of the uh, some of the hostile behavior. That's something that is really not necessary for those folks who have tried their best to just follow the rules. Yeah, just kokua, and we can get through this. 
Well, we would like to thank our guest, Dr. Kathy Kozak, and we'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us here on today's show. If you want to add to today's discussion, you can still contact the Talkback line and leave your comments at number 808-792-8217. You can send us an email at talkback at hawaiipublicradio.org. And if you want to listen back to today's show, check out the Conversation Podcast at hawaiipublicradio.org. Our program is produced by Savannah Harriman-Pote, Russell Subiono, and Lillian Song. The Beckard Quiz theme written for us by John DeMello and our theme music courtesy of Gypsy 808. I'm Catherine Cruz. Join us on Monday for more of the conversation. Have a great weekend, everybody.